بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we spoke about Abu Bakr preparing a number of armies to go out to different parts of the Arabian Peninsula to confront the apostates around the peninsula. As we mentioned, after the passing away of the Prophet ﷺ, most of the Arabian Peninsula, they apostated from Islam. So Abu Bakr he sent a number of armies. The army of Abu Bakr he divided it into a number of portions and he sent different portions to different parts of the Arabian Peninsula to fight those apostates in the different areas of the land. Now with each of these armies, with each of these 11 armies that he sent throughout the peninsula, he sent a letter with the commander of each army to address the apostates before fighting them. So he sent these 11 groups and each group had a commander and with each commander he sent a letter and this letter was to be announced and read to the people before any fighting was to commence. So in these letters Abu Bakr he gave the apostates one last chance to come back to Islam and he informed them if you come back to Islam, then you will be safe and there is no need to fight. Everything can just go back to normal if you, if you come back to Islam. But if you refuse, if you continue upon your apostasy and you refuse to come back to Islam, then you will be fought and you will be killed. So Abu Bakr he sent these letters with the commanders for them to announce this to the people before any fighting started. So you have this last chance. You can come back to Islam and everything will be fine. But if you refuse, then you will be fought and you will be killed. And Abu Bakr he mentioned that the sign that you come back to Islam is that you should call the Adhan. When the time of Salah comes and the Muslim commanders and the armies are giving the Adhan, then the people, they should also give the Adhan. And if you give the Adhan, then inshallah this is a proof that you have come back to Islam. So this was the indication that Abu Bakr wanted to see to show that the people had come back to Islam. So if they refuse to give the Adhan, then it means that they are still apostates. But if they agree to give the Adhan and they give the Adhan, then inshallah they are back into Islam and they don't need to be fought. So Abu Bakr he gave them this final warning and he gave them this last chance before any fighting started. And of course, Abu Bakr he wanted to resolve this situation without fighting. He would rather have this situation resolved without any fighting. He hoped that the people would come back to Islam and there would be no need for any type of fighting. So he gave them this final opportunity and this last chance with this letter. All right. So as we mentioned, Abu Bakr he sent 11 armies throughout the Arabian Peninsula. And the first of the battles that took place against the apostates, the first battle that took place against the apostates was the battle that was led by 
Khalid ibn al-Walid radiyallahu anhu and that was against Tulayha ibn Khuwailid al-Usdi so Khalid ibn al-Walid the commander of the Muslim army against Tulayha ibn Khuwailid al-Usdi and his forces they were the apostates so Tulayha ibn Khuwailid al-Usdi he was a very interesting personality he was known to be a very fierce warrior a very strong fighter and he was also a soothsayer he used to indulge in fortune telling and soothsaying and this type of thing but in the ninth year of the hijrah in the ninth year of the hijrah Tulayha ibn Khuwailid al-Usdi and some other members of the tribe of Bani Asad they actually came to Medina and they met the Prophet and they accepted Islam so Tulayha actually he became a Muslim in the ninth year of the Hijrah during the lifetime of the Prophet but then shortly before the passing away of the Prophet while the Prophet was still alive shortly before the passing away of the Prophet Tulayha he left Islam he apostated from Islam during the lifetime of the Prophet and he started claiming that he himself was a prophet Tulayha claimed that he was a prophet and when he claimed that he was a prophet guess who encouraged him and egged him on the Jews the Jews encouraged him to go around and tell people that he is a prophet and of course the Jews they are Ahlul Kitab they knew that Tulayha is no prophet of Allah they knew that for sure but they still encouraged him and they egged him on because they thought that that would harm Islam and the Muslims that they thought that that would make division between the Muslims they thought that that would divide the Arabs and this is what they were looking for so they encouraged Tulayha and they supported him in his claim now Tulayha he situated himself and and the people who followed him the people who believed in him he situated himself and those people in an area called Sumeira and Sumeira is from the lands that was inhabited by the tribe of Banu Asad and that was actually the tribe of Tulayha so he settled himself and his followers in the land of Sumeira and that is east of Najd going towards the direction of Iraq so when the Prophet ﷺ got news that Tulayha ibn Khuwailid has claimed that he is a prophet the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ sent Dirar ibn al-Azwar al-Usdi he was also from the same tribe as Tulayha he was from the tribe of Banu Asad and Dirar ibn al-Azwar he was a Muslim he had accepted Islam and he stayed upon Islam so the Prophet ﷺ sent Dirar ibn al-Azwar al-Usdi with an army to go and confront Tulayha to go and fight Tulayha this was still during the lifetime of the Prophet towards the end of the life of the Prophet so when Dirar ibn al-Azwar al-Usdi and his army when they were on their way to go and fight Tulayha while they were still on the way the news reached them that the Prophet ﷺ had passed away. So while they were on their way to fulfill that mission that the Prophet ﷺ had sent them with, news came that the Prophet ﷺ had passed away. And as we mentioned, when the Prophet ﷺ passed away, a lot of people fell into a chaotic situation. They didn't know what to do. So even the army of Dirar, 
the army of Girar ibn al-Azwar al-Usdi, even they divided into two factions. So some of them, they remained firm upon Islam and they stayed with their commander. They stayed with Dirar. But a number of them actually defected and they joined Tulayha ibn Khuwailid. They were sent to fight Tulayha ibn Khuwailid. But when they heard that the Prophet ﷺ died, they apostated and they went towards the side of Tulayha ibn Khuwailid. They joined him. So some of them stayed with Dirar upon Islam and some of them joined Tulayha. So now, after the death of the Prophet ﷺ, Tulayha, he started accumulating more followers. The tribe of Tay, they followed Tulayha. The tribe of Tay is a tribe that had accepted Islam during the time of the Prophet ﷺ. But now they left Islam, they apostated, and they became believers in Tulayha, the tribe of Tay. Also the tribe of Ghatafan. The tribe of Ghatafan was one of the late tribes that accepted Islam. But then, after the passing away of the Prophet ﷺ, Ghatafan also defected to Tulayha ibn Khuwailid. And also some of the tribes of Hawazin joined him as well. So Tulayha actually, he accumulated a pretty big following after the death of the Prophet ﷺ. Now Dirar ibn al-Azwar, whom the Prophet ﷺ had sent to confront Tulayha, now his army became much smaller because a number of them had defected to the side of Tulayha. So Dirar knew that his army was not strong enough now to go and face Tulayha. So he and his army, they actually came back to Medina. They came back to Medina. Now Abu Bakr by this time Abu Bakr he was the Khalifa and he realized that this man Tulayha Ibn Khuwailid al-Usdi, he is one of the most dangerous threats from the Murtaddin. As we mentioned, there were many categories of apostates. Most of them were those who said that we still believe La ilaha illallah and Muhammadur Rasulullah but we're not going to pay zakat. That was the majority of the apostates. But this man Tulayha ibn Khuwailid, he was in a whole different category. He rejected Islam and he claimed prophethood for himself and he was bringing people in his fold. So Abu Bakr radiallahu an, he saw this man as one of the most dangerous threats. So he, need to, he needed to be confronted immediately and he needed to be confronted with the strongest men and the most capable men that Abu Bakr had at his disposal. And who was the strongest general that Abu Bakr had? The strongest general he had was obviously none other than Khalid ibn al-Walid. So he sent Khalid ibn al-Walid as the commander of this faction of the army to go and fight Tulayha ibn Khuwailid al-Usdi. Alright, so Khalid is the commander of this army that's going to go and fight Tulayha. And in the army of Khalid is Adi ibn Hatim al-Ta'i. Adi ibn Hatim al-Ta'i. Adi ibn Hatim al-Ta'i, he is the son of Hatim al-Ta'i. And we mentioned his story briefly in the seerah classes. Hatim al-Ta'i was from the tribe of Tay and he was known as the most generous of the Arabs. And he was one of the noble men of the tribe of Tay. And his son was Adi ibn Hatim al-Ta'i. And Adi, alhamdulillah, he accepted Islam. He became a Muslim. And he was part of this army 
with Khalid ibn al-Walid. He was under the command of Khalid ibn al-Walid. And they were going to go and face Tulayha. Now, as we mentioned, Tulayha, he had gained a pretty big following. And from the following that Tulayha had gained was the tribe of Tay. The tribe of Tay had left Islam and they joined the ranks of Tulayha. Now, Adi ibn Hatim, he's part of the army of Khalid and he is from the tribe of Tay. And his people, his tribe had left Islam now and they had joined Tulayha. So Adi was in a good position to go and talk to his people. Adi, he was a, he was a very res respected person in his tribe. So when they reached their destination, Adi asked Khalid ibn al-Walid, before any fighting starts, just give me permission to talk to my people. Let me try to convince them to come back to Islam. They respect me. So let me go and try to talk to them. Let me try to, try to talk some sense into them. And maybe inshallah, they will come back to Islam. So Khalid ibn al-Walid gave Adi this permission to go and talk to his people. So Adi, he confronted his people and he talked to them for a while. And alhamdulillah, in the end, he was able to convince them, the whole tribe. He was able to convince his whole tribe, leave Tulayha. He is not a prophet of Allah. Come back to Islam. And alhamdulillah, the tribe of Tay, they accepted these words from Adi ibn Hatim al-Ta'i and they rejoined Islam. And when they rejoined Islam, they actually came to the army of Khalid. They joined the army of Khalid. They left the army of Tulayha and they joined the army of Khalid ibn al-Walid. So alhamdulillah, at the hands of Adi ibn Hatim al-Ta'i, this was already a big victory that the tribe of Tay, they come back to Islam. Alhamdulillah. And this was a victory that came to them even before any fighting started. Alhamdulillah. When Adi saw that he was successful, Alhamdulillah, by the permission of Allah, he was successful in convincing the tribe of Tay to come back to Islam. He asked Khalid ibn al-Walid, let me also try talk to the tribe of Bani Judayla. The tribe of Bani Judayla, that was another one of the tribes that had defected and had left Islam and joined Tulayha. And Adi said to Khalid, I have a good relationship with this tribe as well. So let me talk to them as well. And maybe inshallah I can convince them just like I convinced my own tribe. So Khalid ibn al-Walid gave him permission to do that as well. Adi, he talked to the people from the tribe of Bani Judayla and Alhamdulillah, they accepted as well. And they left Tulayha and they came back to Islam and they joined the army of Khalid. So now see what's happening here. The army of Khalid is getting bigger and the army of Tulayha, it keeps getting weaker and smaller. Even before any fighting starts, this is what's happening. So now after this, finally the time to fight came. Now the time for the battle came. And now Khalid's army had a big advantage over Tulayha's army. Because many people had left Tulayha's army, the tribe of Tay, the tribe of Bani Judayla, they left Tulayha and they joined Khalid. So now Khalid's army, Alhamdulillah, it's much stronger than Tulayha's army. So now the fight starts. And the army of Khalid fought against the army of Tulayha, Ibn Khuwaylid. And there were casualties on both sides. And from the Muslims, from Khalid's army who were killed, there were two great companions of the Prophet ﷺ who were killed in that battle. Thabit ibn al-Aqram. Thabit ibn al-Aqram was a great companion of the Prophet ﷺ who participated 
in all of the ghazawat with the Prophet Every ghazwa, every battle that the Prophet led, Thabit ibn al-Akram was part of that battle. From the battle of Badr all the way up to Tabuk. He participated in every single battle with the Prophet Thabit ibn al-Akram And he was killed. He was killed in this battle against Tulayha ibn Khuwaylid. Also from the great companions of the Prophet who was martyred in this battle was Ukasha, Ukasha ibn Muhsin He was from the early Muslims, from the Muhajireen. He was a, a great companion of the Prophet Perhaps some of you are familiar with the name Ukasha from the Hadith where the Prophet said Sabaqaka Ukasha. When the Prophet mentioned to his companions that there will be 70,000 people who enter Jannah without any account. They will enter Jannah without any account. And then Ukasha ibn Muhsin, he stood up and he said, Ya Rasulullah, Allah an yaja'alani minhum. Ya Rasulullah, make dua to Allah that he makes me one of those 70,000 people. And the Prophet said to Ukasha, Anta minhum, you are from them. You are from them. Then another man from the companions hearing this and seeing this, he stood up as well and he said, Ya Rasulullah, Udullah and Yajalani minhum. Ya Rasulullah, make dua to Allah that he makes me one of them too. And then the Prophet said, Sabaqaka Ukasha. That Ukasha has beat you to it. So this is the battle where Ukasha ibn Muhsin where he was martyred in the battle against Tulayha ibn Khuwaylid al-Usdi. So two great companions, two amazing companions of the Prophet ﷺ were martyred in this battle. Thabit ibn al-Akram and Ukasha ibn Muhsin radiyallahu anhuma wa ardahuma. Alright, but as we mentioned, Khalid had the upper hand. And eventually Tulayha saw that his army was being defeated. And he knew now that he's going to lose this battle. So what did he do when he saw that he's going to lose what did he do? He got two horses, one for himself and one for his wife, and he fled the battlefield. He ran away. And he escaped towards Asham. So he left his army. Even though he was the commander of that army, he abandoned the army when he saw that they were losing. So now they have no commander. So now the army doesn't know what to do. So eventually, they have to accept their loss and they have to retreat. And Tulayha and his wife, they ran away. And Khalid ibn al-Walid and the Muslims, alhamdulillah, were victorious in this battle against Tulayha ibn Khuwaylid. And alhamdulillah, the threat of this false claimant to prophethood was finished. Later on, later on, Tulayha ibn Khuwaylid, he repented. He repented. And he actually became a Muslim again, alhamdulillah. He accepted Islam again. And he actually took part in the battle of Qadisiyah, the conquest of Iraq. And it is said that he died as a martyr, he died as a shaheed at Nahawand. But after he re-entered Islam, he was too ashamed to even look at the face of Abu Bakr Siddiq He became a Muslim again, alhamdulillah, but he didn't want to ever come in front of Abu Bakr because he was so ashamed of what he had done in the past. But alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is muqallib al-qulub. He can take a person from the worst of the worst to being the best of the best. So Alhamdulillah, Allah guided him and Tulayha, 
he accepted Islam and alhamdulillah he died upon Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with him. So he was ashamed to look at Abu Bakr radiallahu anh after that. After Abu Bakr radiallahu anh passed away during the khilaf of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anh. One time Tulayha ibn Khuwailid he came for Umrah. He came for Umrah and he put on his ihram and he was coming for Umrah and he met Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anh. This is when Umar was Amirul Mu'mineen. And Umar radiallahu anh said to him, you are the person who killed Thabit ibn al-Aqram and Ukkasha ibn Muhsin. You're the one who killed them. And then Tulayha, of course, you know, he regretted what he had done. But he said to Umar radiallahu anh, he said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, Qad akramahuma Allahu biyadi. Qad akramahuma Allahu biyadi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he honored them with my hand. That yes, I killed them, but you know, they got the honor of becoming martyrs. And Umar radiallahu anh, he said to Tulayha, he said, Wallahi la uhibbuka abada. He said, Wallahi, I will never love you. I will never have any love for you. Because he was so hurt. Even though Tulayha was now a Muslim, alhamdulillah, but you know, Umar radiallahu anh was so hurt that these two great companions of the Prophet wasallam were killed in that battle against Tulayha. In the battle of Qadisiyah, Tulayha, he took part in this battle. And Umar radiallahu anh, who was the Amir al-Mu'mineen at that time, when the battle of Qadisiyah took place, he gave specific orders to the commander of that army, Al-Nu'man ibn Muqarrin radiallahu anh. Umar radiallahu anh gave Nu'man commands that, okay, Tulayha is part of your army. You can make use of him. You can consult him. You can take his help. But do not give him any power or any authority. Do not put him in a position of power. Do not put him in any position of authority. He can help you with whatever help you need. You can consult him for things, but don't give him any authority. Don't give him any power. This was the instruction of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu All right. So the army of Tulayha was defeated. Tulayha, he ran away to Asham. And the tribe of Ghatafan, the tribe of Ghatafan, which were following Tulayha, they were one of the tribes that had actually joined with Tulayha. After Tulayha abandoned them, the tribe of Ghatafan retreated and they still did not immediately come back to Islam. The tribe of Ghatafan, now that Tulayha is gone, okay, they're not following him anymore, but still they didn't come back to Islam yet. Rather, they selected a new leader for themselves. They regrouped themselves and they selected a new leader for themselves. And the leader that they selected for themselves was a woman. They selected a woman to be their leader. A woman named Sulma bint Malik ibn Hudayfa. So Khalid radiallahu anh, he went after them. He went after Ghatafan. And they were being commanded by this woman Sulma bint Malik ibn Hudayfa. So when Khalid went after them with his army, they tried their best, the tribe of Ghatafan, they tried their best to protect their commander, to protect this woman Sulma. So they made sure that they they guarded her, that they stood around her so that she could not be reached. And it is said that 100 men were killed defending her. That Khalid and his forces, they killed 100 men who were defending Sulma. And eventually they got to her. Eventually they were able to penetrate and they got to her and Khalid ibn Walid was able to kill Sulma bint Malik ibn Hudayfa. So that was 
that was the defeat of Ghatafan. After this, Ghatafan came back to Islam. After Sulma was killed, Ghatafan, they came back to Islam. And some of the other tribes saw what happened. They saw Khalid ibn al-Walid and his forces defeat Ghatafan. And they saw what happened to Tulayha. They saw all of this stuff. So a number of tribes saw this and they decided to surrender and come back to Islam. The tribe of Banu Amir, for example, they just went to Khalid ibn al-Walid and they said, Nadkhulu fima kharajna minhu. We want to enter back what we left. We left Islam, but now we want to come back. And we believe in Allah and His Messenger. So this was the tribe of Banu Amir. And any tribe that came and surrendered and said that to come back to Islam, any tribe that surrendered and said they want to come back to Islam, it was accepted from them. This is what was desired. This is what the Muslims wanted. So it was accepted from them. As for the tribe of Bani Sulaim, the tribe of Bani Sulaim, they also had apostated from Islam. And their story is very interesting. What happened to them? How did they come back to Islam? All right, one of the members of the tribe of Bani Sulaim was a man named Fuja'a ibn Abd Yalayl. Fuja'a ibn Abd Yalayl. He was from Bani Sulaim. And Bani Sulaim had apostated. So this man, Fuja'a ibn Abd Yalayl, he went to Abu Bakr. He went directly to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq and he said, Ya Khalifa Rasulillah, O Khalifa of the Messenger of Allah, I am still a Muslim. My tribe, Bani Sulaim, they have left Islam, they have apostated, but I am still a Muslim. And I want you to, I want you to support me and I want you to provide me with supplies and I want you to provide me with an army so I can go and fight the apostates from within my own tribe. I want to go to Bani Sulaim, my tribe, and I want to fight the apostates to, to bring my tribe back to Islam. This is what Fuja'a ibn Abdi Alayl told Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anh. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anh believed him. He believed that this man was honest and he was sincere and he's telling the truth. So he gave him some men. He made a small army under Fuja'a ibn Abdi Alayl. He provided them with weapons. He provided them with supplies and the plan was that they would go to their own tribe, to Bani Sulaim, and they would fight the apostates and bring the tribe back to Islam, inshallah. So this was what Abu Bakr was expecting from this man. But when Fuja'a reached his tribe, he took the supplies and everything, but when he reached Bani Sulaim, what did he do? He apostated himself, he left Islam. Abu Bakr trusted this man, and he betrayed Abu Bakr This was a big mistake. So what did Fuja'a start doing? He started killing Muslims. So Abu Bakr when he heard this, when he heard about this treason, when he heard about this betrayal, he, he immediately sent Turayfa ibn Hajir with his army to go and capture Fuja'a ibn Abdi Alayl. So Turayfa and his army, they went after him and they were able to capture him. They captured him alive. And they sent him back to Abu Bakr an alive. So now he comes back to Medina. This man who had, who had betrayed the Khalifa of the Prophet وسلم, who had lied to Abu Bakr an. Now he comes back as a prisoner in front of Abu Bakr an. So Abu Bakr an wanted to make an example out of this person. So that anyone who even thinks about committing treason anyone who even thinks about betraying the Muslims 
will make sure that he thinks twice before ever doing such a thing. He wanted to make an example out of that person. So when Fuja'ah ibn Abdi Alayl was brought back to Medina, Abu Bakr radiallahu an, he ordered for a fire to be lit. And he ordered for firewood to be placed in that fire. So now there's a big fire. And then Abu Bakr radiallahu an ordered for Fuja'ah ibn Abdi Alayl to be thrown into that fire alive. As an example, that anyone who commits treason, you know, you're going to be punished very severely and no mercy will be shown towards you. So Fuja'ah ibn Abdi Alayl under the instructions of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq was thrown into that fire alive. And that is how he was killed. No mercy for these people. Abu Bakr wanted to show that we will deal with these people with the utmost harshness and we will show not even a shred of mercy for them as an example for others. So when he did this, it worked. Bani Sulaim saw what happened. The tribe of Bani Sulaim who had apostated, they saw what happened and they got so scared that they said, okay, we surrender and we come back to Islam. So that is how the tribe of Bani Sulaim, they came back to Islam. So next week, inshallah, we'll continue talking about the wars that Abu Bakr an waged against the different apostates in the land. And inshallah, next week we'll start by speaking about the tribe of Banu Tamim, inshallah. We'll speak about that next week, bi'idhnillah. Wallahu alam, sallallahu wa sallam, wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.